Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus. A salty, slightly cynical conversation about epilepsy, neurological disorders, and occasional random tangents. Together, we explore the synaptic jolts that short-circuit one's world and the mental and emotional fallout that comes from them. And if that sounds heavy, don't worry. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah b Hey, Jacob. How you doing, man? Good, Micah. How you doing? I'm I'm actually doing pretty fucking good. Great. Good to hear. Yeah. Uh Yeah, I've been going through this uh workshop and it's all about adjusting your mindset and reframing shit. Yeah. Um it's like neuropathy. You know, the the scientific side of it is is neuropathy and right yeah and uh it's it's helping dude it really nice. is helping yeah and 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 i'm not saying it's helping like seizure management but what it helps with is the fucking aftermath the fucking ptsd and the bullshit you experience afterwards and right yeah not the physical stuff but a lot of the neurological shit but mostly you know that mental habitual brain kicking our asses reinforcing those negative thoughts and self-defeating actions and habits that we brought with us from childhood yeah right or exactly. a little bit later in life, you know, I mean, that's what PTSD is, is is heavy trauma in your adult life. It's like, boom. And I think Mitch knows something about that. Hey, Mitch, how you doing? Hey, sorry, I'm a little late. Just uh, no biggie, dude. Another thing. I'm doing good. Thanks for guys showing up and thanks for, let's get awareness out. I think it's important. Yeah. To help yeah. those people suffering in silence. Uh, mm-hmm. More than 22 veterans a day are committing suicide because they're not getting the help. They're not seeing the hope. Their isolation, so many things that come into play. And uh, we need to be the voice, basically. Just need to be the voice. Yeah. Amen, man. Right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. My, my bio dad was a Vietnam vet. Two two tours of Vietnam and I only have vague memories of him because he died before, right before my second birthday, right before my younger brother was born. And I mean, it made a huge impact on my life and he didn't die in war. He died in an auto accident and he lived after he got back my mom tells me he went through PTSD. He, it, it was extreme. And, you know, back then in the 70s, it's like you, you don't have mental health care. You don't have shit like that. What do you got? You got a bottle of fucking whiskey and a shitload of drugs at your disposal and, and you go for it, right? I mean, 
that's how you kill the ghosts. At least that's what happened with him. Um, now, his death was not drug related. It was actually an auto accident coming down from the mines in Colorado, and and the the water truck he was driving like tipped over because they were going too fast around a corner. So yeah, maybe it was drug related. <laughs> <laughs> but th that doesn't matter that doesn't matter yeah i i think i think mitch knows what i'm getting at here yeah yeah <clears throat> a death is a death basically yeah uh, people who suffer ptsd are suffering every day until they get the tools and the hope that they're needing and looking for uh, mm -hmm. uh you know I don't know if anybody believes in God or not, but the bottom line is the body's made out of three parts, mind, body, and spirit. Yes. If you take, yeah. if you take a pillars and you put it under a building and you knock one of those pillars off, what happens to that building? It's going to come down. It comes man. down. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, we can go to the health care system and get medication we can go to the mental health system and get medication, but the bottom line is this, the spirit is wounded and mm -hmm. you can't get that kind of help through medication. It takes a lot of personal inventory. It takes, it takes you wanting to go back to far as far as possible to see where the trauma really started. Because mm -hmm. believe it or not, a lot of people in the military, their trauma began before they began in the military. It, it was just the tipping stone of what happened in the military for them to realize they have the PTSD and the trauma that wasn't dealt with. I'm, I'm in the 60s when I was in the military in the fire department. And even men in general were not allowed to show their emotions. If we showed their emotions, then we weren't a man. And yeah. so what do you do with yeah. that stuff? How do you... What do you do with that? You bottle it up. You carry it in your in your in your backpack to a point to where it gets so overloaded that you can't pick that backpack up, up or you can't carry it. Now you're at that point of the tipping of going doing something you didn't want to do: drinking, alcohol, hitting a loved one, a snapping, all those things. So we need to take these tools and teach people that there is hope and there is tools to do that. And the hope right. and help is right. out there, but we yeah. have to be transparent enough and be man enough to say, yes, we need help. Alcohol yeah. is not helping me. Drugs mm -hmm. are not alcohol me. Anger is not helping me. Yeah. Yeah. Food, gambling. I mean, so many different things, but I think you hit on the main ones that hit you after because that's what my father went through. That's what my grandfather went through. There are a couple other people I've met who have seizure conditions and have served in military. And a lot of it is, is they haven't discovered where it comes from, but it is that kind of, uh, you can't say anything. You don't want to say anything, you know, and it's not just military really. I mean, it is a male kind of issue across the board. I don't care where you're from. I don't care your race. I don't care if you're a military man or not. 
I think we all have, as men, a hard time reaching out and talking to each other and, and you know, fucking really talking to each other. Is it indoctrinated? What do you guys think? Is it, a, a, you know, it really doesn't matter if it's indoctrinated or if it's like part of the male thing. I don't think it is a male thing. I think it's indoctrinated to us. We don't, we don't share. We don't open up. We bottle it in. It's almost like the Rambo mentality, if I can dare use that. Okay. I use that analogy in the class that I teach. It's a Rambo. Rambo didn't need any help. Rambo did it all on his own. If you notice Rambo, he always had three owls in the back of his back. Even if he shot 200, there was always three. He never ran out of ammunition. And I think people grow up and watch that. And then people who go into the military adopt that or are indoctrinated, I think, because we're told, you can't show your emotions because if you break down on the battlefield, you or your person next to you is going to die. Person in the first responders, it's you or your partner is going to die. You cannot show their emotions. You cannot show that on the scene of an accident because then the people looking at the first responder hero, which I don't like, I don't like labeling myself a hero. I can't stand that. I'm sorry. They look at you for strength, not for you to break down. So it's it's that thing that you have to cut off your emotions. And mm -hmm. today I was in an NES group talking about, they said, get in touch with your emotions. I said, I haven't formed my emotions in 40 years of public service. Now you want me to yeah. find my emotions because right. I've learned that I have people under me that are I'm in, in responsible for that they come home safely and the people that we serve. So you don't have time to show that emotion. What are you going to do? You can't take it home if you're married or to your girlfriend because you processing it as a professional don't know what the fudge is going on. How is your loved one not going to do it? So then they get pissed at you because you're not sharing, because you don't want to share, because you don't want them to go through what you're going through. And so where does that person leave? What is, what is left for him to do? If he can't be transparent, if he can't talk to other people and not worried about being judged and get judged or fired or looked at differently, there's that many things left but alcohol, drugs, gambling, sex addictions, all these things. There's nothing left. He has to release that. And if he can't, if he doesn't know how to release it in a constructive way, that's all that's left for him. That's all that's on the plate for him. That's all he knows. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. Wow. It, it, I had, I had a thought that sparked in my head and then all of a sudden it went away. I love our condition. Um, <laughs> but this just goes toward you know, there's so much. Fuck, what am I talking about? Jacob, what do you think? I'm just passing the ball right now. I think Mitch described it perfectly. Just yeah. how, like, both of you are like talking about how, like, 
Mitch said, like I read when I read uh, Morel's book, Rambo, the book and and the movie, I guess what Mitch said really made a lot of sense, because if you think with that mentality, I think we as men were trained like men don't show emotion. If you're a man, you don't show emotion. You don't cry. You don't do all these things. You basically go out into the workforce work your ass off, go home, go to sleep, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Basically. And then when you're thrust into fucking situations of conflict or extreme like meltdown, uh, that just adds to it because that what you just described, Jacob, kind of adds up that kind of add adding up over the years of of gotta do this gotta bottle the emotions and everything on the little stuff and then when you hit the trauma it's like boom there you go yeah but like mitch said describe it's like the backpack that's perfect because just everything we just go out there we work we do whatever job it's just little bits filling the backpack and then you said trauma and then that just hits you like a ton of bricks boom and you're like there you go and then what happens it's kind of right yeah and now nowadays people are telling us men to show our emotions but we're not expected to we're still not supposed to Oh, you need to be more emotional. Now just go out there and work yourself and then, you know, work yourself into ash at the end of the day. Show your emotion, but don't. It's a, I think it's a stigma that we have to break. It's a stigma that we need to be the voice for it. Like I said earlier, uh, we need to make those environments that are safe for those people and let them know it's okay to say what they say do what they have to do in, in the course of getting the venting process over with and then finding them the resources and the help that they need. We can't just let yeah. them listen and vent. Sometimes that's a short-term uh, fix. It's like the emotion's out of the way, but now how are we going to fix what's wrong with you on inside? Uh, I like to use the tree analogy. You have this tree. On the outside, everybody sees the tree on the outside. Nobody sees what's underneath the tree. So you know a tree is healthy when you see the flowers and you see the birds and you see the green leaves, whatever, the grass around them is thriving. So automatically you know that something on the inside must be working as well. The roots must be getting the nutrients, must be getting the water, must be getting the perfect whatever it needs to help that tree grow. We're the same way as a human being. PTSD, outward appearances, outward symptoms show up because there's something wrong on the inside. You can't see what's inside, even if you take an x-ray of somebody, because you don't know what's going on. So when you see somebody pissed off, when you see somebody uh, isolating, when you see somebody mad all the time, when you see somebody don't trust people, when you see people jumping up from noises, those are outward signs saying, hey, something is wrong with me on the inside. And that's a, I, can, I call that a root. Everybody sees what's on the outside and everybody's, you know, and then what's going on the inside. So when you see those signs and symptoms, 
I'm, I'm guessing something's going wrong on the inside. And so that's how I look at it as, as that's why I used a tree. And even let's say if you're a gardener and you, you have a weed growing, what do people do when they see a weed growing? They pull the weed out. But the next time the weed grows back, guess what? Is it a little harder to pull out? Do you know why it's harder to pull out? Because now the root is getting stronger and that root is controlling that weed. Unless you really want to dig in and get that root, you're going to continue to have weeds. That's the same way I want to picture people who have trauma or PTSD, that you have to dig in there and find out what the real cause, why is that nerve or why is that root making you do the things you're doing? And that's why I brought up at the beginning, most people had trauma before they went into the military. Could have been uh, a violent home, it could have been a one family parent, all kinds of things. And I am the first one to say when I go to see a shrink, they said, oh, well, tell me about your childhood. And the first thing I say, don't blame childhood on what happens to me today. I'm a man. I make my own decisions. However, you do want to go back to see where if at childhood, where your trauma began to be able to start fixing the trauma, but not blaming whether your parents or whatever for that particular situation. I, I, you know, you, thank you, man. Thank you. Yes. I, I feel that, I feel that you're absolutely right. And, um, in a lot of ways, I feel that by working on getting that out, you can, um, move forward because we are all so anchored by this identity that's been indoctrinated to us from the beginning, right? Since we were little kids and you know what your parents told you, what your neighborhood told you, how the neighborhood kids reacted to you, blah, 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 blah. It's all indoctrinated when you're a little one and that shapes your identity but your identity isn't your circumstance. And so if you can move beyond that and really own, you know, your sense of being can be a really big help. I personally, and I've been going through a workshop. I don't know if you guys notice this, but it's, uh, it, it's, I'm going to send you a link. It's, it's pretty badass. Um, but it really helps you knock yourself in the head and get you out of the rut of thinking you're talking that you're talking about Mitch is that we get into this self-defeating cycle. Uh, if any of us have gone through childhood trauma or adult trauma, I mean, fucking any trauma and you deal with conditions like we deal with you get this kind of cycle of self-defeating like self self-criticism the the talk from the old brain the the fucking habit talk it's like like we need to keep you safe things are different and dangerous so we're gonna fucking put you on meltdown and send you back to some of the old habits that we thought kept you self safe in the past right and it's like when all this shit happened to me, I, yeah, I fell back into bad habits, man, bad habits. And 
I worked myself out of it, but then I wasn't prepared because I wasn't thinking like I was thinking in, in reverse kind of thing. Um, and I'd fall right back and it's like, okay, I'm doing all the things that I need to be doing. Um, but I wasn't living it. I think Mitch might get this Ed's from his years. It's, it's, you can try and go through steps, but if you're not being the guy who wants to go through those steps and is, is dedicated to it, then it's not going to happen. And that's kind of how I went for a little while. I don't know. I'm fixing my brain right now, guys. I mean, seizure free for fucking what? Five months now, almost six months. I'm, I'm rocking, but I'm rocking physically, but now I got to fix the head shit. And that's why I'm going through this little boot camp. Like it's like neuroplastic neuroplasticity. Um, that's what I'm working with right now. Right. So. And that's, and that's the key again. You, now you have the physical fix. Now you have to do the mental and the spiritual. Because they all work together, intertwine. They're three three pieces to our being. You fix one and the other two are going to be affected. You fix two, the other one's going to be affected. You don't fix Mm -hmm. any of them, all three affected. That's just just a cycle of life. Right, and it goes right back to what you were talking about, about how uh, so many people in the military had PTSD prior. So when shit hit the fan, it just exploded. That's a, and I'm not going to go into detail, but that's what happened to my father. Right. Um, and you're right. And it's because of exactly what you're saying right there. Continue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, bro. No. And so the two words that I like to use is stinking thinking. Mm-hmm. What happens is when you're by yourself or you're going through that stuff, the stinking thinking is always going to overtake the rational part of the the mind. It's for like a person who's a first responder or a doctor or a nurse. They always go back to thinking of the person they didn't save, but they're not thinking about the 19 people beforehand they saved. Why is that? That's a condition that we think of is we, we, we process our thought on the negative and not the positive. And that took me 30 years to figure that part out, that you have to, you have to, you can't look at the negative and play the, I like to call the what if games, because the what if games is going to haunt you for the rest of your life. What if, if I showed up two minutes later, what if I knew uh, 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 what the cause of this was? What if I, uh, knew something newer than I know now. It's going to haunt you. You can't do that. You have to take your energy, look at what a situation was, learn from it and move on and, and think about the 19 people you saved versus the one that you didn't save. Yeah. 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 And by doing that, you bring yourself back into now, which is really the only thing that fucking matters. You know, it's now. Right. You can't change the past. Yeah. You shouldn't look on the past. You should look forward and think about what you're going to do in the future because you can't do it. You can't change the past. 
No matter who you are, no matter what you do, you can't change it. So why keep living it? Yeah. The fact that we're here means that we've learned a fucking lot. We've went through a shitload and we've learned a fucking lot. And, and the fact that we're still here means that we need to take what we've learned and put, move it forward, pay it. Some people say pay it forward, but it's, you know, we don't pay, we exchange and, and we're just swapping energy here, you know? I even think money is is like an energy exchange. In 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 a, in, I was a philosophy minor, Mitch. Don't look at me that way. <laughs> <laughs> but <I> just, <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. I mean, yeah. no, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. And so is our either. service, and so is our energy, and and right. we we work so hard on on building those kind of exchanges with other people in our world but we fail to like build our own self-credit so many times and you know i think when we go through this stuff and you get challenged and this is one of the things that really that i admire and i'm grateful to experience your attitude toward you're not boisterous you know you're not you're not like me saying i'm gonna start a fucking podcast and go out and but you are boom you are there you are strong you're a leader and you inspire so i appreciate this dude thank you thank you and and you know we have to look at everybody has different gifting my -hmm. gifting is not a podcast my gifting is if you come to me and you're a combat veteran and you're going through something, I've been there. I got that. I got the T-shirt. And we have to remember that different people have different testimonies, if I may use that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, some who went through drugs, some went through alcohol. If somebody came up to me and said they're having a problem with drugs or alcohol, I'm sorry. I, I can't tell you how you feel. I can't tell you what's your next step going to be because I didn't live that. But if you come to me saying that I've been through trauma or PTSD and I need some help, well, damn it, I'm, I got your six. And when I say I got your six, it's not a slogan. I'm there for you. I'm there. Mm-hmm. People have my phone numbers. They can call me. I will answer the phone and do the best I can to help them. And, and that's all I can do. And that's why different people have different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Different, they went through different scenarios, different things in their life. So they have different needs that need to be fulfilled. Right. As far and as core, core. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's what it's all about. Your gifting is voices. Yes, I can do voices, but I'm sure I can't do them as you. You, you have an audience. I don't have that audience. That's why people like you are a blessing to people like me. That's and why I wanted who to want to bring get you the on. word out, but yeah. don't have the audience or don't have the technology to do that. And, mm-hmm. and so it, it's, it's a, it takes a village to grow as a village, to yes. help as a village. Look back in the day, I'm going to go through biblical. Back in the day, community was your neighborhood. 
When you had a problem, you went to your neighbor. Today, everybody's looking at the government. I'm not anti-government, but the government can't help everybody all the time. This is a community, what we're doing right now. Not just talking about trauma, but about being men and be able to share what you want to share, as well as the seizure concept for that. That's what is a community, and that's what's going to help other people. Yeah, and you brought a great point right there, because most people don't think about that. It's, It's like so many people these days seem to be like, gearing up for the bug out and fuck my neighbor. Here we go. And you brought up such a poignant point that I want to pause on really quick because it was community. When the power went out, when the blizzard hit, no one could get there. We shared food. We shared table space with the neighbors. We let you know, people come and sleep at the house because it was community. So a lot of people don't know this. When 9-11 happened, they shut the airspace. So what happened to the planes that are coming into the United States that now they can't come into the United States? People don't think about this. Greenland, Iceland, other countries opened their house homes their gymnasiums at schools and fed these people, gave them clothing, gave them a place to sleep until the airspace opened up. And these are people in in other countries because the planes now are not allowed in. You can't send them back. They probably don't have enough gas to get back to. So all these little countries like Iceland and Greenland have all these planes landing and they're taking care of people. Again, that wasn't a government situation. Those people told the government that we want to do this. And again, I'm not anti-government, but it's us. It's individuals that are going to make the impact in your, in your community, in your neighborhood. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's right. I always felt that way. I mean, really real change comes from community. Start in your city, start in your county, your district and state and pay attention to those because so many people don't and that's what's good that's really what's going to affect your life i mean the federal government shit yeah it makes kind of a difference in a lot of ways but really it's how you vote locally and how involved you can 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 get okay i'm preaching you know that's if you want if you don't want to do it cool no worries right on Yep. Yeah. No worries there. It's politics isn't scary. It's not evil. It's actually necessary. And American democracy was intentionally made to be a little bit messy so that no one person can get too much power. What do you guys think? Intentionally or not, that's the way it is, which is fine. Mm-hmm. There should be fail safes in any situation when it comes to human beings dictating other laws or how it's going to affect other people, then there should be fail safes. Is American the worst, worst yeah. or best country in the world? Probably not. But I'd lay my life down again for this country. Yeah. Even for the people who disrespect the flag, burn the flag, never serve a day in the 
uh, their life in the military or whatever, I'd still do what I needed to do because we are free. You go to other countries, you have to, you have to do military time. Uh, they don't mm-hmm. care, male, female. They don't care if you're in a wheelchair. They're going to find something for you to do. So all these people that keep screaming about America this and America that, I might not agree with your ideology, but I'm the one that's going to protect your ideology or the people who are now in the military are going to protect your ideology. Amen, man. Amen. Yeah, I know what you're talking about when I was in Switzerland. Although Switzerland's a bad example because these guys did it really well. Everybody, everybody is required to either serve in the military, like do the two-year boot camp, like basic training and and go through the two-year thing, or do boot camp and then go do community service. Oh, yeah. Switzerland is the most heavily armed and trained fucking country on the planet per capita, it seems. These guys and gals know how to shoot and are more than willing to like step up. Like the after you graduate basic training in Switzerland, they send you home with your weapon. Jacob, you still here? I'm here. We're we're veering way off course from from <laughs> epilepsy and other stuff. So, what's your feeling about Swiss neutralism and and gun laws? I know the Swiss that um, I know they had their very. I didn't know they were that well armed, but I knew they had to. Everybody had to serve, and like Mitch said, I mean, it, we just like disregard like the weapons. And just like like what Mitch said, the experience and like what you learn from that, you bring that home as well. Yes, you bring home your firearm, but you also bring home all those experiences and right. all of that knowledge mm-hmm. that can never be taken away from you. You know, they can, you know, knock in your house and, you know, take your weapon and everything else, but they can't take away the knowledge mm-hmm. and experiences that you gained. Like around here, I hear people in this area, you know, squealing about, you know, gun laws and stuff all the time. But I mean, I don't care. Like like what Mitch said, I don't think as long as like people seem to be thinking that you can just, you know, walk in, you know, be Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator and just walk in and like buy half the gun store and just waltz out the door. Said uh, it's a little more difficult to do that. And if like Mitch or you have a firearm and you come over to my house, I'm not going to worry about it because you guys are professional, intelligent people. You're not just going to come in here and finish me off. So, right. Right. You just touched upon something that crosses two main hot points is that Mitch and I aren't going to be necessarily mental health issues. This is to my sick kids. Time to put this shit Depakote, Adderall, Ritalin, Pixie Sticks. I don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun. Use it as a weapon when it's said and done. It's all too much. Seizure Salad Fuster Cluck Epilepticus is produced and hosted by Michael Ball. Original logo and graphic designed by Alba Lopez. The song Seizure Boy, courtesy of Watsky, and used with permission. Find more great music and poetry on his website, George 
www.jeffwatsky.com. Follow our podcast, like our Facebook page, whatever blows your hair back, just keep listening. And join us again soon for another episode of Seizure Salad. Until then, remember to unexpect the expected, and it's all in your head. Take a minute to sit at the whip and then I'm gonna mash on gas. Cause I'll be crushing that impasse with that ass syntax. Skinny motherfucker off a bucket of slim fast.